It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone. I think we are on the air. Luckily, I believe that we are going to patch this all up. Dave, are you on the air right now? I'm here, if you can hear me. Uh, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Well, thank you for being on the on the air with us. We've had a little bit of a um, energy thing, believe it or not. So I welcome everybody <laughs> to the show tonight. I hope they stay listening to us because we have Dave the Mystic on, Dave Barnett, who is an energy medicine practitioner. He is a healer and an intuitive for over 35 years, experienced in Colorado, and he has multiple technical degrees and is truly, truly, truly a rocket scientist. In the early 1980s, Dave had some turning points in his own life that led him into the passion in discovering and developing his gifts in multiple forms of energy healing, and he embarked on a path of training in many modalities and developing conceptual understanding of how the different systems work together and complement each other and support spirituality. Dave the Mystic has many gifts in healings, reading the Akashic Records, uh, energy and entity clearing, which I hope to ask him some questions about, changing core beliefs, karma burning, and discerning spiritual gifts. David continually seeks out new modalities, learns and experiences from them and their practitioners, so he is a constant learner and frequently highlights these on his weekly web web radio show. Dave is a strong believer in health issues, having many potential causes and different energy planes. We hope to talk about that again. Uh, Dave works with many spiritual guides and communicates with them freely. I just want everyone to know that this program is not a philosophy. We don't do speculations or with wishful thinking. It is always a vast synthesis of investigations into what I call source field energy. Dave the Mystic knows that he stands on the shoulders of some giant. That's why I like to tell everyone he's really, truly a rocket scientist. Um, and he himself has investigated source field energy in many dimensions and time traveling and shape-shifting. So we will get on with the show tonight. Hopefully we will continue to embark on answering some questions that many people might have out there. Um, 
So, Mr. Day, first and foremost, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, having a great Good. summer out here. Just got back from Las Vegas where it was 106 every day. So I'm back into balmy 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're having some hot waves here in Minnesota and in Mankato right now. It's um, very hot, very hot, sticky, and muggy. But um, we will take that considering how our winters are. So, Well, I wanted to ask Absolutely. you first off right away. What is, why is the planet Earth, I love this topic, why is the planet Earth the roughest, toughest place in the universe right, right now? What would you say to our um, audience tonight about that? Well, I would say it's not even just right now. It, it always has been. Uh, from my work with uh, the creator's energy and consciousness, um, we're, we're really in a position where uh, – we, we as souls, as spirits, however you want to use the terminology, monads, soul groups, we are extensions of the creator to experience, to sort of be the sense organs of this grand and glorious creator that uh, wants to evolve and, and grow. And in my travels to other universes, other uh, existence planes where there are other creative forces, uh, they don't necessarily do that. We're, we're kind of unique. They're starting to copy uh, the experience we're going through. But so what happens down here for us is w there are lots of uh, different beings, uh, our, our star brothers, ETs, whatever you want to call them, extraterrestrials, uh, living different experiences out there. But one of the things that frequently comes through when people are channeling them is a statement where they say you can make more spiritual progress on earth in 10 minutes than you can on their planet in a thousand years if you look oh. at our existence here yeah it, it, it's pretty amazing if you look at our existence here some of the things that you might say wow we're kind of the the backwards place in the universe compared to these other uh beings and other races uh, because we don't have universal telepathy. We, we still use this rudimentary voice box and, and mouth to communicate, and uh, so we don't have telepathy. And we still have emotions, so we, we still get angry or happy or upset or jealous, uh, these types of things, which many of these other races long ago gave up. They, they evolved them out because they didn't see that they served them well enough. And... Um, we, we still have a whole lot of free will. So where would the free will come from? Well, one of the things that enhances that is by having, um, having to communicate by voice such that we can hide things from other people where we don't have telepathy, then um, if we're bad guys, we can plan things. If we're good guys, we can plan things. Uh, we can do the unexpected. Uh, we can have 20 people on the planet all, all um invent a solution on how to make really great soft serve ice cream. And they may have 20 <laughs> different approaches and they may be in a competitive marketplace on these other planets. They would tell some young whippersnapper who said, I know a better way to do this. They'd say, don't bother, Sonny. Uh, that was solved a thousand years ago before your time. And there's no reason to open that up again. And so we, uh, we have a lot of chances to innovate here that they don't, have really on these, these other planets and these other existences. Uh, but what, what comes along with that? Well, 
again, uh, the good news is we have emotions. The bad news is we have emotions. And we come here, we're, we're incarnated. Uh, the soul comes into the body uh, sometime before birth and maybe right at birth. And uh, we're turned into a blank slate. We are given the cheat book on the course of our lifetime. So when we run into problems, we approach them with the opportunity to use our creativity, to use our our creator-given gifts, our blessings to uh, try new things. Now, obviously, some people are going to shy away from solving their problems. They're going to suffer in silence or suffer complaining or claim victimhood, things like that. Others are going to step up to the, the plate, and uh, they're going to work on coming up with new and innovative solutions for their small problems at home, for their bigger problems with their spouses, for their problems at work, for their problems in society, for their problems in the world. So uh, we have lots of opportunities here to try all these things. And sure, you know, we're, we're going to stumble and we're going to get a bloody nose occasionally and, um, you know, we're, we're going to break an arm here and there. But we, we have this wonderful opportunity here. So this is kind of like the boot camp of the universe. And from my work in working spiritually, I've, I've found, uh, and again, you know, your results may vary, so YRMV, um, but this appears to me to be the third time this experiment has been attempted, and frankly, the previous two failed. So we have a whole lot of other beings in the universe who are very interested in us having a successful outcome to this and not allowing us to uh, blow ourselves up, as some people would say. Hmm. Well, is the planet Earth going, um, you know, like Christine Day and many other teachers, they talk about that this planet will no longer be third dimensional and that it is ascending. Is, do you see that what's happening at this time? Absolutely. Um my, my view of the world is that there are seven vibrational levels of the earth. Uh, we're on the number three one here. And whether you say that our earth is going to rise in vibration or the people on this earth are going to move in vibrational level to higher vibrational earths, uh, I, I think that's one of those things that's kind of just a viewpoint difference. Um, yes, big things are happening. Uh, and, I, and I think because of this, one of the, the impacts is uh, with all this uh, movement upward in vibration, the universe is agreeing that we don't have time left to continue messing around with karma. And so uh, I see the whole karma system essentially uh, dissolving at this point, uh, actively on some people's parts, passively on others. So we, we don't have centuries and centuries to try every different aspect of a situation that we are involved in to see Gee, what, is, what do you think of the situation as a dad or a mother or a cousin or a brother or the perpetrator or the victim? Um, we, we don't have centuries of lives to go through and try all these like we did in the past. So uh, I think part of this process of moving upwards vibrationally and why we're moving so rapidly is because uh, the whole karmic system is uh, um, be, being uh, uh, dissolved. It's just not going to be there anymore for us. Well, when you said that we, you know, this experiment happened two other times and we failed, what what exactly does that mean? Do our choices or? Yeah, the, we've had uh, 
positive leaders on this planet. We've had very negative leaders on this planet. And we've had very destructive leaders on this planet. And uh, I believe what happened in the other two experiments here was that they got to a point where they were uh, they're willing to uh, go for mutually assured destruction, as we used to say in the Cold War, where you know the idea there is if the Russians attack us, we'll attack them with so much force that both countries will be obliterated, but it, but at least they won't be left standing. And uh, I believe something similar to that has happened in these other times. Uh, if you go back to Atlantis and look at that, uh, the most common uh, beliefs about Atlantis or theories is that they were uh, they were slipping downwards on a moral slope to becoming uh, very negative people. They they had a a very high point in their society, but then they continued moving forward, and they got into doing experiments with. Uh, genetic hybridization of people and animals and ended up using them for either slaves or for sport hunting, things like that. And they they may have gotten too involved with uh, really pushing the, the envelope on what you can do with crystals and crystal energy. And they may have triggered the cataclysms that caused uh, the, the total destruction of Atlantis. And uh, so it's not inconceivable that we've had other Earths where we had societies that uh, certain people in charge just decided to take it to the next level and they took it too far and they, they caused a, a total destruction of the planet. Hmm. Hmm. When you get this information, Dave, do you cross over? Do you do some time traveling then? Do you go in different dimensions? Are you living in those other dimensions and layers of consciousness where you're getting this information about the planet Earth at this time? or? Yeah, I, I meditate and um, I I kind of let guides and other very high vibrational beings, uh, you know, essentially representations of the Creator, you know, take my hand and show me different things and take me different places. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we all have uh, parallel existences in other universes. Um, some of those probably look pretty ordinary compared to ours. You know, they're, they're very similar. Uh, we, we're having similar experiences. But there's also a possibility that we uh, we have parallel existences in other places that we can tap into and see uh, some some very different options for, for what life looks like, for what existence looks like, for what energy looks like. So, yeah, I, I think... Um, I, I feel very blessed that I'm in a position over the years to uh, have been coached and had my hand held and, and taken to, to show me different things and, and different forms of existence. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story about one of them. is uh, A number of years ago, I started finding myself getting taken to other planets, other places with other beings to do healing work. And one time they said, well, we, we've got an epidemic on this planet. Uh, many of their beings are in a hospital. We need to go to the hospital and see what you can do about helping to heal them. And they they said, control your emotions. Well, yeah, I got there. I got into the hospital, and all of the the beings there, they look like June bugs. And it's pretty funny to see a hospital with all kinds of beds filled up with little tiny June bugs. And, you know, well, this is, this is our race. You know, we're all sentient beings. And... You know, yes, I did have to stifle myself a little bit and get to work, but uh, so I, I 
been blessed with many opportunities to see things that are extraordinary. Hmm. Hmm. Well, some people, um, you know, this comes from Jim Hines. I, I, he's a healer here at the Hope Interface Center, and I said, hey, mm-hmm. Interviewing Dave the Mystic. I said, remember him at the Star Convention? And Jim said, absolutely. And I said, if you had to ask um, Dave one question, what would that be? And and this was his question. He said, many, many insightful, intuitive people talk about that there's 144 layers of consciousness across all dimensions. And he said that he wanted me to ask you, is that what you receive too, or is there multi-dimensional layers within those layers? I mean, I might be asking a vast question, but that was his question. How many layers of consciousness across all dimensions are there? Uh, I think this is one of those where uh, it depends, you know, how you want to envision it and how you want to do the system. Uh, that's like the question, how many layers of heaven are there? And a lot of traditions say there's seven. Well, seven is a good luck number out of the Bible, so it makes sense to have seven. Um, but in terms of you know 144 layers, um, I don't know. It's it's sort of like a, an analogy. Uh, when people talk about vibrations, they they say, well, one way to look at this is uh, take a radio dial, and as you tune up and down the dial, you hit different stations, and you could sort of say as an analogy, that those stations all coexist and none of them are aware of each other. They're, they're all independent. Well, hmm. uh, if you looked at two of the stations there, would you always have room to add another station between them? And you could probably say in a purely hypothetical way, yes, uh, you could always add another station. So we could say, yeah, for Mankato, maybe there's 10 AM stations, but there could be a thousand AM stations on that whole continuous spectrum. So, um, 144 can be a, a convenient number. It may come out of different spiritual traditions. It, it may be what other people have downloaded, and I, I'm fine with that. Uh, a lot of these things are also going to be, uh, once again, your experience. What what do you see? What what has been given to you or gifted to you, and uh, if you're comfortable with 144, you know, go with it. If uh, a spiritual uh, ascended master comes to you and says, well, there's some systems that say it's 144. There's some that say it's 72. There's some that say it's 298. Uh, I'm going to go with 72. Oh, fine. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm not all hung up about that. It, it's very akin to the idea when spiritual beings are channeled and you say, well, what's your name? They say, well, I'll pick one for convenience. We don't use names yeah. here. We, uh, you know, we we use vibrational identities, and that doesn't make any sense to you. And you couldn't speak it anyway. So, we'll we'll give you a name label just to make you comfortable. And, and I sometimes I feel that that's that way when we try try to quantify things, which actually might be a very smooth transition and very spread out, so that it it, it defies counting because you can't tell where one ends and another one begins. Right, right, right. Yeah, I had an experience this weekend, um, again, up at Christine Day's land, and it's the first time that I entered into a, like a wormhole, Stargate. And so when Jim came up with that question, for me, I experienced many layers within the layers, which mm-hmm. was, was odd, strange, 
mysterious, fun, all uh-huh. at the same time. Um, and I, there were two enormous, like you said, infinity to even begin to count. Or I didn't get a number. I just saw this blast of all these layers within the layers of all dimensions. And it was quite profound, quite profound. You know, Dave, we had talked about that some of the health stuff that's happening on the planet because we're having a lot of people and I'm seeing a lot of people that have cancer and MS and Parkinson's. And you said that sometimes what's happening on the other dimensions is kind of affecting our planet at this time. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Well, there's, there's different things happening there that are going to reflect here. Um, when I work on uh, essentially the spiritual causes of disease um, and the potential causes, I have a whole lot of categories, and this can go to um, connections to past lifetimes, including uh, either injuries or traumas in those lifetimes or oaths in other lifetimes. Uh, there may be contracts and learning. There may be things to do with your, your life chart that are giving those. Uh, there may be astrological things. Uh, I've been noticing that the, the full moons have been tremendously powerful in the last eight months where each one seems to have an effect on a lot of people. And uh, one of the energetic ways to view this is that uh, we have sunlight during the day. The moon, light off the moon is actually reflected sunlight, but the moon transforms that sunlight. And so it takes on a different character that is more moon-like, which is the hidden, the feminine, uh, those types of characteristics. But full moons have seemed to really affect people a lot more lately. For example, uh, the one that came before Easter, uh, a number of clients that I have uh, all showed up with either close friends or family members who went on their deathbed and died within two or three days all around that full moon at Easter. Um, so I, I've seen things like that happening with full moons. Uh, I, I've seen energetic things happening. And and then the other phenomenon that we're getting into, the Mercury retrogrades, up until a couple of years ago, I didn't really pay attention to those. Now I do because I do see them uh, affecting and interfering with people's lives and their communications or contracts or business dealings, things like that. Uh, we had a solar eclipse a couple of weeks ago at about the same time as a new moon. And, uh, you know, things were, were happening there to, to affect people's energies. So uh, I'm not one who would normally just say, oh, my goodness, you know, the sky is falling. We're, we're in a Venus retrograde and, uh, you know, this retrograde and that retrograde, and they're all going to mess up my life. No, I, I think energetically we can overcome that. But I can also say um, – well, this is the winter season, and therefore it's going to be cold, and therefore I need to wear a heavy coat. Um, so I, I can be pragmatic about these effects and look at how they might affect me or others around me and how I can energetically work on those. So uh, the same thing goes with the health issues that we, we may have these health things coming from other realities, other dimensions, parallel lives that are sending over their issues that are affecting us, um, those types of things. But we can also uh, use our our gifts, our powers, our insights in order to get past those issues too. Yeah, I I actually believe that too. So if, if a person calls you up, if they're dealing with, 
even if it's stage four uh, pancreatic cancer or something like that. And uh, again, all different realities might be coming in from past lives, healings. And so what, and, and I also believe like you, that I don't fall prey to being, well, you're going to have a hard time this month because I like the word mm-hmm. to give impact to empowerment. How would you empower your clients or what would you do for them when they call you up and say, hey, Dave, I'm dealing with some heavy duty cancer. What can you do for me? How would you answer that? Well, uh, I'll tell you what goes on in my mind before I tell you what I say to them. And so you, you okay. understand more of my insight. Um, I think uh, one of the, the things that is uh, very undesirable in somebody who's learning healing, coming into it new, learning energy, healing, healing touch, whatever, um, is if they slip into the mode where they have sympathy for the people who are ill that they're working with. Um, and here's the problem is the logical extreme to sympathy is I feel so bad for you, I would do anything for you to heal. And the universe hears that, and the universe can say, anything, are you sure? Would you be willing to take on their condition to help them? And suddenly we have two sick people instead of one sick person. Wow. Uh, my view my view on being a healer is uh, – I like a definition from one of the Joseph Campbell books that he borrowed from somebody else where he approaches it, and and this is why I approach healing from a position of compassion, where compassion is a joyful participation in the sorrows of the world. So if we acknowledge, like the Buddha was forced to acknowledge, that we will always have illness, we will always have aging, and we will always have death, if you want to just retreat and say, this is a terrible place to live. Why did God ever put me here? The end, the end story is always the same. You know, you get sick, you get old, you, get, you die. Uh, so how do you get around that? Well, with compassion, and that's the joyful participation in the sorrows of the world. So I view myself as a, by that definition as a compassionate healer. So the job that I set out for me to do is I know that that person has the capability in their head to instantly heal any condition if I can convince them at whatever level I need to that they are ready for that healing. Uh, I've seen the, the Greg Braden video where uh, several people chanting around a, a patient's bed. Real time on ultrasound, within a couple of minutes, you see a bladder tumor disappear. Okay, so I absolutely know that can happen. So what does it take for Dave to help this person who I appreciate the fact that energetically, spiritually, life chart and all that, they've taken on this challenge to learn from. How can I help them learn about this challenge, uh, solve the mystery of the puzzle so that they can allow their body to heal? And, and I don't care what technique you're using. I don't care if you're throwing chicken bones on the floor. You have to find a system that works with them, but you ultimately have to get to a point where at the deepest, darkest levels of their consciousness and their psyche, they can accept the fact that they can release this illness and they can get well. And, and if they can get to that point, if you can get them to that point, no matter how you're moving your hands, what words you're, you're quoting, what crystals you're using, anything like that, if you can get them to that point, then healing can happen. And 
people need to hear possibly different stories to to get to that point at all different levels of their consciousness uh, in order that they they can find their healing. So that's kind of how I work with people. Yep, yep, yep. I agree 150% with that is that it's about an agreement to where the, to the depth of their magnificence of where they want to go and their ability and um yep, yep, I think that's true. I think that's true. So when David Wilcock and many other people talk about the golden era is right around the corner, what what does that mm-hmm. mean? What does that mean? Well, let's go back to the roughest and toughest place in the universe. Uh, I welcome the roughest and toughest place in the universe because what I see it doing is it's not going to leave anybody untouched. And the hope for result from the universe's point of view, I think, is that you take on these challenges and you decide to stand up to the challenges. You decide to do your work on the challenges. You decide to confront evil or inequality in the world. Um, you're, you're going to improve. Now, some people are going to look at the planet right now and say, oh, this is such a horrible place, and they essentially retreat from it. They, they go hide out. They, they don't step up and, and take a position. Um, I think what's happening is um, the creator doesn't need to decide what vibrational level you're going to bubble up to. You're going to decide it yourself based on your actions when you're confronting these challenges. And if you retreat from these challenges, you're going to bubble down. And so for the people who are bubbling up and saying, I'm willing to look at these issues, I'm willing to make this earth a better place, I'm willing to take on what's going on here, I'm willing to be counted and speak up, uh, those people definitely, I believe, are going to start being transported to other vibrational planes that look very similar to ours, but they're different, they're better, they have uh, less in the way of mundane social challenges or environmental challenges. Um, it's not quite the paradise level that we think of as uh, the first layer of heaven, but it's uh, it'll be much nicer than this. And I think people, I'm not going to say that they earn it, but I'm going to say that they show that energetically they can work with it and appreciate it, and therefore that would be a good place for them to go. And so I do think in the coming months, years, uh, and not too far off, we're going to see a whole lot of people migrate out of what we think is our reality here to these other vibrational levels. I, I think it's going on already. Hmm. So this is not a time to coast. You know what I mean by that? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is not a time to coast. So lots of times I will hear people when they reach a certain certain age even, uh, well, you know, I've worked hard enough or I've studied enough or I've accelerated enough, I've done enough, I am enough. And so then to me it looks, and this could be a judgment, I don't know, but it looks like they're coasting a little bit. And being a light worker, I've come here as much as sometimes I think like, oh, my God, I I always get the statement for me, you know what, Janice, hope your job is not to coast. 
so this is not the time for light workers or this rooted star beings that we are to coast here on this planet. Is that correct? I think so. Uh, you know, here in Colorado, we got legalized marijuana. Well, it's allowing a lot of people to coast, and uh, that's disappointing. They're, they're retreating from uh, working and integrating into society and uh, taking big steps or even small steps to make things better for other people. Uh, you know, so many people have lost a realization or they never had it that uh, – we're, we're all connected, and when somebody else is suffering, at some level, we're suffering. So if you want to be selfish, go help somebody else because you're going to feel better, you know, rather than just saying, well, if I'm suffering, I'm going to go uh, get drunk, or I'm going to go smoke a joint, or I'm going to go sit in the basement and play video games 24 hours a day. Um, th- those are all things that take you out of contact with other people. They take you out of the experience. They they take you out of the opportunity to find places to help others and to make others feel good. I mean, uh, we, we've gotten away from the practice of looking for opportunities to to help somebody else, to hold a door open, to to buy you know coffee for the person behind us in line at McDonald's, uh, to to tip a cashier at McDonald's. Uh, I've done that. Um, we, we've gotten away from the idea of looking for opportunities to make other people happy. And because of that, we, we've really lost contact with what makes us happy. And, and such a big part of that is, is helping others. And ultimately, we're, we're helping ourselves when we help others. Well, I, I, I like that. I challenge everybody to look for opportunities to to just be kind. I mean, really just be kind. Wow. Yeah, it's sad to say, you know, with our society, we, we've gotten to the point where, you know, we, we look with suspicion at so many people, you know, who uh, don't necessarily talk like us, act like us, walk like us, dress like us, and uh, therefore we, we scurry on by, and we don't just, you know, stop by and say, hey, how's, how's it going? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's kind of like it's a wonderful life. You might be the the Clarence the Angel guy where just by showing kindness to one person, uh, you get them out of the mode of where they think that, you know, if nobody says hi to me today, this is it. I'm going to kill myself. And who knows when you might make that difference in somebody's life just by being friendly. Mm-hmm. 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 So what do you think is happening with all the earthquakes in uh, that we had in California and even like the weather pattern that we've had this last winter or the rain that we're having in the Midwest is there you know the people talk about um, that we're doing that in our level of consciousness or that there's a clearing that's happening um, um so what do you think's happening with all the earthquakes and all the strange kind of interesting weather we've been having Well, I think uh, the consciousness of the planet, whether you choose to call it Gaia and view it as a, a Mother Earth figure or however you choose to see it, uh, things are happening. Things are dynamic. I I view this as we have wonderful opportunities, and and uh, I'll, I'll tell you about the the funny one for me. So last year, uh, early in the year, we started getting 
lots of information that looked like Yellowstone was firing up. And if Yellowstone erupted today like it did 750,000 years ago, it would bury the surrounding six states in ash and lava to about 35 feet deep. So to say it would be devastating is an understatement. Uh, it, it would essentially clear clear the plate for those states, including Colorado. And uh, we, we've seen seismic activity walking towards Yellowstone from the coast for several years from the uh, Cascades uh, coming over because those are all volcanoes. And um, so I started working with some spiritual beings on, okay, we've got to take the energy out of Yellowstone. We, we need to do something with that excessive energy. And um, I piped up and said, well, the Hawaiian volcanoes are always erupting. Let's move it there. And it can just be dissipated. It can do land building. They're used to that. And it wasn't about four to six weeks later that Mauna Kea started erupting. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, well, you know, sometimes be careful what you wish for, but in the big picture, uh, losing 170 houses versus losing six states, uh, to me, that's a fair trade. And nobody lost their lives there because it was just very slow moving. So uh, I think these uh, earthquakes and, and other natural phenomena that are showing up, I think they're all an opportunity for people to learn the strength of their meditation singly or in groups to uh, – focus on those things and help them dissipate and become either, you know, hurricanes move back out to sea or earthquakes are minimized or we do stress relief on fault zones so that they don't need to have the, the major earthquake versus, you know, just little occasional slippages. Um, major volcanoes can calm down, those types of things. I think it gives us a wonderful opportunity to find out really how strong we are on changing what is going on on this planet, you know, so it's not just uh, the people-controlled issues. I think it's uh, the natural phenomena too. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, when they say two or more together, there is God, and so uh, you know, when people talk about a collective of consciousness, and so for mm -hmm. me, that's what I tell people: there's a difference than when you're sitting in the bar. There's a different collective consciousness that goes on there. Then when people gather to do world peace or to help move the weather pattern and things like that in the collective as well, when we work intentionally with each other as a larger group, as a larger group. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's, again, that's really important. And we can't, because um, people will talk about like, why should I come to the star gathering or why should I... Uh, meet with other people of like-mindedness or meditation. And I guess my biggest selling point on that is that when we do gather in a group with an intentionality of sending our electromagnetic of intention out, the work of wonder that we are able to do is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, but many people are okay. that. They don't understand that. So, and there's scientific proof for you. If you go read Lynn McTaggart's books on uh, the, the meditation effects and how it's changed uh, observably, uh, these random event generators that track uh, uh, trends in energy on the planet, or they, they've done studies where they've had groups meditate as a large group in cities that have a lot of crime, 
And absolutely, there's a hard correlation between when they meditate and when the crime rate went down. These types of things. Uh, this isn't just speculation. This isn't just hopeful, you know, wishing. Um, it, it really does work, and it's been demonstrated. And it doesn't take a very big group to have phenomenal effects on things. So, um, you know, if you if you have issues in Minneapolis, you and Mankato could get together ten or fifteen people and probably appreciably change uh, those issues if there were you know, social problems going on in, in Minneapolis um, or Detroit or Chicago or whatever. Um, it's been demonstrated, so it's not just uh, speculation. Yeah, that's why I always tell people that whether it's the Hope Interface Center or whether when we do meditation or whether when we get together for the Star Gathering, that none of this is on philosophy or speculation or wishful, wish, wishful thinking. That for me too, it's just a. I have witnessed a uh, get, gathering investigations that people have done over and over and over of parallel realities and quantum geometry and how to gather energy. And in my, also when I've seen it is that when people gather together to do those works, let's say if one had MS or one had uh, cancer um, per se, is that that energy also can resurrect that person out of that illness. Is that how you see it as well? Absolutely. And, you know, you you make me think of another thing that I should bring up and uh, when I was uh, back in the early 80s, you know, for me, healing, like a lot of people who get started, it, it's sort of like to a certain degree your ego gets into it. There's a little bit of the success or failure, and you can tie it to this person has condition X, condition X goes away. That's the success. Well, over the years what I found is um, – I'm just as happy with the success when I get something relabeled. For example, I, I have uh, a niece uh, a number of years ago when she was in high school. She started really showing up with all the signs and symptoms of leukemia. And uh, I knew her parents were not open uh, because of their religious beliefs to me piping up and saying, well, I've been doing energy healing for a long time. I can probably help. Um, they weren't open to that. So I did distance healing, and I got permission at higher levels to, to work with her. And when they finally got the definitive blood test back, she had mono. Well, I don't care if I shift the name or the label over to something that's you know, much yeah. more trivial. That, to me, is just as much success as saying she doesn't have anything. And um, yeah. I, I've, I've seen that enough times that you know, with my clients who, who know me and use me regularly – I tell them if they don't have something that requires a 911 call, uh, please call me before they have a definitive diagnosis because they're going to pull down all the consciousness of that condition out of a morphic field that will uh, label it and give them outcomes. It's just like connecting to the Internet, only they're doing it subconsciously, and it'll be much more difficult to get a change with them if they've already been downloading all that stuff than if, all they tell me is my, my belly hurts and it's hurt for a couple of days. Oh, that's great. Let's just turn that into something simple like you've got gas pains. Change your diet, you know, rather than you've got polyps, you've got colon cancer, you've got Crohn's. Um, much harder to work with a diagnosis that carries all that energy with it 
than to just say, my belly hurts. Can you help me? Yep, yep. Because the morphic field is the same as, you know, again, I'm going to go back to David Wilcock and many other people have talked, a variety of scientists have talked about source field energy, and that's the key to unlock and to move mm-hmm. into. And um, there are certain different fields, again, co- you know, I'm hoping that I kind of get this right, is that there's collections within that morphic field. Mm-hmm. Like if we went to a doctor or went to a hospital or we went to healers, that they're in this source field energy, in this morphic field energy, we can pull down like an idea or a statement and that can enter into the body. Yeah. For example, if uh, if I have a, a woman client, she goes, she shows up and she says, uh, I've detected a lump in my left breast. They're telling me it's most likely, you know, malignant cancer. And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So unbeknownst to that client, she's already started tapping into these fields and pulling down information about what is the prognosis, what is the survival, what are the side effects of treatments, what are the likely treatments, you know, am I going to face a mastectomy, am I going to face a lumpectomy, you know, all these things. And it makes it much more difficult than if she just showed up and she said, you know, something's going on weird in my left breast, you know, can we energetically work with it? And, oh, yes, please, don't have a label on it yet, you know, <laughs> because right. so many other people feed this morphic field. Doctors feed it, researchers feed it, nurses feed it, statisticians feed it, patients feed it. Uh, everybody's consciousness is going up to that field and saying, here's my little extra amount of data. It's like a giant Wikipedia. And um, yeah. <laughs> when people start downloading from that Wikipedia, uh, then it becomes much more um non-susceptible to uh, energy healing or other forms of healing to to help uh, clear it. Wow, so you can kind of be used kind of like as a chiropractor, really. I mean, instead of going, like you said, after a diagnosis, go go on a regular basis for energetic checkup, and you can say, well, got an ache here and a pain here. Because you are correct, you know, I, I would love to get that across to everybody who's listening to this, is that be very, very, very careful of who you're working with as a healer because they might be collecting from the morphic field or source field energy that is um, not a very high vibrational statement, you know, or belief system. Yeah, or, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And so when they hang around people, let, let's talk about like-mindedness. So I would imagine that's important as well when they leave a healer like you. Um, mm-hmm. And let's say you give them a statement and you're working with the morphic field or the quantum field of absolute perfection. Then they walk out the door and they talk to other people who are living in a different part of that source field energy or morphic field, and they adopt that belief, then they can recreate the illness in their body, right? Yeah, uh, and that leads me to, to talk about the idea that, you know, you've, you've been involved with this for a long time. Many of the listeners have. I've been involved with a long time. And it's a real fundamental thing about what is your clarity on this? You know, do you yourself 
contain subconscious stuff that says, oh, my goodness, this person showed up. They, they've been diagnosed with a stage four lung cancer. Uh, from my experience, you know, most people die when they have a stage four lung cancer because it's already metastasized. Okay, what is your absolute crystal clarity on this that I don't care if it's stage one, stage two, stage three, I don't care what part of the body it's in, um, it is still amenable to being cleared out of them. Uh, I haven't at some subconscious level given up on them as soon as I hear what the diagnosis is. So as a as a healer, what is your crystal clarity on this that you don't carry these preconceptions uh, about when somebody says, I have X, and some part of you jumps right in and says, well, we can try to help them, but um, we're probably not going to be successful. You know, so I think that's uh, a, a I, very important thing. Yeah, I did too. The, the discernment on the healers and the helpers and the spiritual teachers that they go to, that the, um, you know, I'm a, a Ernest Holmes person, science of the mind, and, yes. and uh-huh. they talk about how your healers have to hold this frequency within their mindset in this morphic field or in this source field energy that you are magnificent and holy and then they bring that through and um, you know discernment 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 is really important at this time because you know that and I tell everybody there's a dime a dozen healers out there there are dime a dozen Akashic Records readers out there and mm-hmm. it, but we're not fooling around with energy. I don't think we should fool around with energy. And so I try to pick those people who go into the morphic field of infinite possibilities. Uh, but I'm looking for someone who's going to work with me and work on a level of consciousness of, you know, like matrix, uh, what is it called, matrix energetic? Right, right. Yeah, and you you studied that too, matrix matrix yeah, energetic. Yeah, I've gone through that training with Richard Bartlett. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. very yeah. impressive system, and it gives you a lot of other options and different ways to look at the, the universe and energetically what you're you're doing with people uh, when you're helping them. So different set mm-hmm. of tools. So yeah. when your benevolent beings and helpers come to you, did, do you call on certain benevolent beings that are coming to the earth at this time, helping you go through the matrix, helping you go through the source field? Um, and who do you call on? Well, uh, a lot of times I, I call on, you know, Archangel Raphael. I call on uh, Jesus, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene. Uh, lately, I've been finding that the, the alchemy of uh, St. Germain ha- has been very helpful for a number of odd things that I do in my clearing work that also can tie into healing work uh, because I'm, frankly, and it's disappointing to me, I'm finding that there's a lot of people on the planet now who are doing things with black magic or Satanism, and yeah. they're, they're sending out curses and spells uh, against other people. And so I'm I'm using Saint Germain quite a bit for uh, transmuting those energies into something else that's harmless. Um, but I, I work with a large collective, and I find that you know it's easier just to you know okay collective uh, you're always around me anyway you know let's just go tackle this one. And 
um, that collective is probably a dynamic membership, and so you know beans come and go, and uh, you know who's who's appropriate. Uh, you know doctors who've passed uh, can show up in that. Uh, ascended masters, uh, gods and goddesses from the spiritual plane. Uh, who knows? Uh, I, I'm just happy, and I, I bless them for their presence and their help and uh, mm-hmm. and their guidance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they come and take your hands and take you through the source field, energy field, or to different levels of consciousness or dimensions? They they take me everywhere and show me everything. Um, I, I can't okay. say there's, there's any one particular approach and. Uh, so sometimes uh, I'm just downloading information, uh, like what you would call claircognizance. Uh, I'm just getting hit after hit on what's going on with somebody when they they talk about, you know, well, why do I have this? What, what's this from? And I'll get hits, or I may close my eyes and I may get a flash of uh, another lifetime that's affecting me. I may get a flash of a, a totally different existence that doesn't even look human. Uh, it might have an influence on it, or uh, there's a spiritual connection to another soul that's still in the, the spiritual plane, and somehow that's affecting them, and I need to address that. So, um, gosh, it, it just goes all over the place on it. Uh, I, I'm very non-dogmatic, and uh, I, I'm very eclectic. Uh, I, I've learned, you know, over 10 or 12 modalities, and then just other things still show up and, and happen anyway. So, um I, I would be very suspicious of any healer who uses these statements where uh, I know what you have, I know that the system that I work with can work with anything, and I know that my system can cure you. Uh, talk about asking the universe to slap you down and give you a big bad lesson. Uh, those statements do it. So I, I'm, I'm wary of healers who, who pop up with those statements. It's, it's, I'm sorry, you don't know what you don't know at this point. Um, you know, you're, uh, good, good luck with uh, your future. I'll see you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, for the listeners who are just perhaps listening for the first time or how do they work with their benevolent beings? Do they, do you, in, do you teach them how to pray, to invocate? Do you, how do they begin to work with their team, I should say? Uh, a lot of people, uh, sort of need uh, a guidance. I remember the frustration I had early on when uh, you see somebody who's a gifted psychic and you say, I'd really like to be able to do this. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, we all have gifts. Well, how do I do it? Meditate. Oh, come on. Oh, what does meditate mean? You know, and uh, it's, it's kind of like, well, I'm just as much in the dark now as I was before. Um, this is what I found. This is what worked with me and I suggest it to other people. Again, there's there's many ways to uh, skin the cat, so to speak, but um, get a guided meditation that takes you uh, through visualization, creative visualization, into a place. And um, one of the ones I used early on, I think it was Shakti Gawain, one of hers, and basically you, you go to a meadow, and uh, this is all visualization. You, you see and experience everything, the grass on your feet, the the feel of the sun, uh, you can hear the breeze, you can hear the birds, and you see a little shack in the distance. You walk down to the shack. The shack has a door. It's open. It's inviting. You walk in. There's a table with two chairs. Well, you go ahead and sit down in one chair, 
And then as you look across, there's a spiritual being there in the other chair. And the spiritual being wants to show you something. Um, now, at the beginning, when you're doing this, and you, you hear it a few times, and then you can just do it by rote, the spiritual being is certainly something that you have created through your imagination. <coughs> you know the whole thing is by your imagination. And that's fine. There, there's nothing wrong with that. If you continue doing it on a daily basis, and not to the point where you're saying, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm going to sneak a peek at the clock because I'm so bored. Uh, you, you do it for a short time. And uh, what eventually happened to me after about a week and a half or two weeks of that is the spiritual being changed and changed into a form that I knew that I couldn't imagine or create. That spiritual being took my hand and started flying me to other vibrational planes to experience different things, to meet other beings, uh, to really start coming into my own on all this. Um, now, again, your approach may vary. Uh, you may be uh, setting yourself up for the dream state at night where you say, I sure would like to meet um, an archangel, or I sure would like to meet my guides. And you have a dream that's special because it's not a, a mundane dream where, you know, you're riding the bus to work. It's a dream where you go to someplace special and you meet some special beings, and when you wake up, you have full memory of that. You start preparing yourself and making yourself available and open to getting this. And your, your subconscious will work with that and say, yes, uh, I will start creating the pathway for you to get these communications, to get these images, uh, to get these messages. And, and it will happen. And uh, you need to be comfortable with the fact that at the beginning, yes, maybe you are imagining it. So what? You're, you're priming your brain for experiences that go beyond the physical. And um, you're kind of doing jumping jacks in preparation to running a race or something. So uh, allow yourself that, and uh, these experiences will start knitting together and start forming something very special for you. And then go and seek some validation from somebody who's very well advanced spiritually and just say, uh, I would like to get some validation. You know, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing. I'd like to get some feedback. And, and that's also valid. It's not that you're doubting the experience. It, you're, you're sort of checking your clarity level. You know, how, how good are your glasses when you're looking into the spiritual plane? And, um, you know, you're going to continue tuning your, your prescription on your glasses as you get more and more clear to all this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had a conversation when you were here, Dave, about some people are, I think you did it in your talk at the Star Gathering, the fact that some, you have some people that are very, very, very spiritual and they're not psychic. And then you have yeah. some people who are very, very psychic and not spiritual. Um, explain yeah. that a little bit to our listeners. Yeah, there, there's very few things that I would ever say I'm dogmatic about. I I don't like dogma in religion. I don't like dogma in spirituality. Uh, people telling you, this is what I think, this is what I know, and it's either my way or the highway. But one that I've found that seems to be generally true is there is no correlation between spirituality and psychic gifts. And this may shock some people because they think, well, how can you be psychic without being spiritual? Trust me, if you go to uh, metaphysical fairs, you're going to find those people. And this is the distinguishing factor that is the problem with them is 
if you're very psychic and you're bringing through a lot of information, but you're not spiritual, so frankly, you don't know and you don't care where the information is coming from. It could could be coming from the lower planes. It could be coming from the astral plane, both of which uh, may have their own interests at heart in terms of what information they send you. Or it could be coming from the spiritual plane to the point where if I gave you a chance to have a reading where I'd pay for it and I told you that the reader, before you went to see them, half of what they tell you is absolutely true. It's fact-based. It's wonderful. It's the most insightful stuff. And the other half is all incorrect. It's lies. It's distortions. And you don't know which is which. What's the value of the reading? And you say, well, there's no value to it. Um, because I don't know which is which. I say, exactly. So if the reader does not have the discernment or cares to have the discernment that they're only connected to the highest vibrational planes to get this information for your highest and best good, then you probably don't want to use them. No matter how often they come through with something that's just spectacularly uh, evidential, like, you know, they, they walk up to you and say, Oh, I just got to tell you, your your uncle Harry is standing right behind you, and uh, he says his name is Harry, and he's your uncle, and he's wearing uh, this really horrible looking Christmas sweater. And you say, "Oh my goodness, that is my uncle Harry." Um, okay, so that all sounds very evidential. They sound tremendously psychic, but then they uh, you sit down for a reading with them, and they say start saying, "Well, Uncle Harry wants to apologize because." Uh, he feels really guilty about molesting you as a child. And you say, boy, that beats me. He, he never would have even had the opportunity. He didn't leave, live in the same state and he never visited. Where's that coming from? And the, the person looks at you with kind of a blank look. Well, that's what I'm getting. Okay, what is the value of that reading if they aren't discerning where they're getting the information or what that energy behind the supposed Uncle Harry really is? And it could be something that is mimicking Uncle Harry in the astral plane and things are just going to go from bad to worse if you keep listening to that entity. So that's the big kind of problems that you can run into with somebody who seems to be fantastically psychic, but they, they don't care where they get the information from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I think that's a great way to put it for people. Um, a great way. So how long is Earth going to be the roughest, toughest place in the universe? Maybe that's depending on our choices, huh? I, or... I, I think there will always be a, a boot camp Earth. Um, I think we're going to see a whole lot of people move uh, as a wave upwards in vibration to, uh, I'll say, nicer places that foster spiritual development. And I think uh, a significant group is going to move to an even rougher and tougher Earth. Uh, they may be more in in line with what they expect a rough, tough planet Earth to be uh, because of uh, possibly religious beliefs or other things. And um, that might leave this particular Earth kind of low population, and then I can see I'd be adjusted with another wave. I mean, um, yeah, if you talk to spiritual beings and, and you look at the channelings and everything, they do talk about well, you know, this thing has already gone through this whole cycle. They already know the punchline at the end of our universe. Um, but, you know, this is still a process going on. So time is very quirky from the, the spiritual plane on trying to communicate with us about how they see time and how they see events unfolding. 
Um, but I, I can see that there will always be a, a continuing need uh, from the viewpoint of the creator to, to have this wonderful place where people come up with neat problems and neat solutions and have an opportunity to allow the creator to expand its consciousness by going through the conscious experiences of all the people here. So I, I, I see it going on a long, long time until, you know, maybe there's a, a better way to get that experience uh, if that emerges. Hmm. So this earth necessarily will not go into a fifth dimensional frequency. It's always, it's always going to be an earth plane where it might be rough and tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we were to suddenly shift to an easier earth or a more telepathic earth or a more heart-centered earth, um, it could be done in such a way that we'd think, and our thoughts and our memories could be adjusted slightly so that uh, it was almost a seamless transition for us, and a lot of people might not realize it really happened. They might just say, oh, okay. hmm, this is strange. Uh, like this happened to me uh recently, several weeks ago. So we have a major street near my office here called Santa Fe. And um, I needed to go meet somebody at lunch uh, about four or five miles up north on the south side of downtown. Santa Fe is always busy. It's always packed. It's a major truck truck driver's route for uh, shipping deliveries and things like that. So I get on Santa Fe at about 1045 to meet somebody at 11 at lunch. And northbound, I'm the only car there. It was the strangest thing. And I continue north, and I see a few scattering of a few cars. And then I jump over on Surface Street of Broadway to head up to the restaurant. And, again, it's just a small scattering of cars. And I, cars. And I start asking the, you know, my, my guides in the universe, I said, what is going on here? This is very strange. And they said, oh, well, we, we had a significant population move. And you're seeing some of the results of a sudden depopulation here. But for most people's memories uh, and everything, they won't notice it because it's all been adjusted for these people to go and not be missed. But I was allowed to see that we were somewhat suddenly depopulated on that day. So, uh, yeah, I think these things are going on. It it sounds a little bit like a Twilight Zone theme, but uh, from my viewpoint, it's, it's, it's a very positive thing when these changes are happening. Mhm, mhm, hmm. So, what would you leave with our listeners, um, whoever will be listening to this, um, information, advice on what to do during this time of the great shift when everybody says we're in this shift of consciousness? What would you advise all of our listeners, perhaps, to seek out or do or read or? I, I say number one is. Uh, when you look for the positive, when you enjoy this experience, when you look at a sunset and you say, wow, when you look at a mountain and you say, wow, when you look at a beautiful tree or beautiful gardens, I would say look for the positive in our life here. You know, Get out of focusing on all the junk you hear on the Internet or on TV or the radio or, or you know, texting all the tweeting, all that stuff. Get your head out of that and enjoy the planet for what the creator intended. And, you know, look for opportunities to help other people. Um, You don't necessarily have to do anything. Um, 
you look for the positive aspects here and you encourage those positive aspects and um, you, you show an appreciation appreciation to the creator for wow what a, what an opportunity to be here you know this is a transient opportunity uh, we've had past lives but we're, we're in one of the most exciting times right now uh, we're surrounded by ets of hundreds and hundreds of races who all want to uh, see what's going on here they want to watch our transition they want to help if they can in many cases um, we're being nurtured here and so you know get your 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 head out of the mud that oh man you know things are bad middle east is never going to solve itself africa's in in turmoil blah 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 no go out and look at a sunset go enjoy standing in a rainstorm um uh, Find out, you know, all these positive aspects of this planet. Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it while you have it. Let the creator know that you're you're thankful that you have this opportunity. And and I think if you start approaching life that way, things will only get better. And uh, however we're going to shift or move uh, is going to be seamless for you. It's going to be pleasant. It's going to be an enjoyable thing. And uh, you're going to say, wow, you know, what a ride. And Look for it that way. Uh, you know, sort of get out of the idea that you're just a small person on a small planet doing your small job every day, and you just hope to make it to retirement. No, look for the look for those supreme gifts that we've been given here and uh, appreciate them. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You have a blog talk radio show, my friend. So how can they get, and you've um, interviewed me and many other people across the nation, perhaps around the world. So where can they get a hold of you if they want to listen to your blog talk radio show? Well, I normally do it live. I pre-record some, but I normally do it live. And it's every Monday night at 8 p.m. Denver time, so that's mountain time. And uh, it's at blogtalkradio.com slash mystic. So you can just do a search on Blog Talk for Dave the Mystic, or you can just put the slash Dave the Mystic, and uh, my show page will come right up. Great, great. And then your website for people who would perhaps want to investigate your healing properties, and I know that you do Akashic Records reading, and you've been doing a lot of energy and entity clearing as well. Where can they get a hold of you for that? That would be... uh, www.davethemystic.com Good, 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 good. Well, my friend, although we had a bit of a glinch at the very beginning, uh, luckily we have some great uh, help here at the Hope Interface Center. Tom will put this on the air for everyone to listen to. We'll always keep it in our archives as well and get it on the program so everybody can listen to it. Any last words? that you would like to leave all of our listeners tonight before we bid our adieus and say goodbye. Oh, gosh. I, I just feel so blessed to be able to get the message out through shows like yours. And uh, you're such a, a wonderful spiritual being. And I, I, I always uh, treasure the time we have to talk together. Oh, well, it's it's been a joy. I love you. I love your jokes. It's fun. We have Kim and I on the way up to Christine Days. She told one of your jokes that you gave at the Star Gathering, and I said another one that you gave me. So, <laughs> and I, I appreciate your 
humbleness and your laughter and even that's what Jim said is that I have this question for him and you know he loved how you were so incredibly humble in the work that you do and who you are and what's been what you've been experiencing so I, I appreciate that about you Dave I really do I really do so well, thank you thank you I'm honored yeah no, thank you for being on the program. And to all of our listeners, I want to thank everyone who is listening to this and invite you to continue to listen to the Pure Hope Show where we give you, again, uh, information from a vast synthesis of investigations and uh, giants within the field that can help you uh, carry on and go forward. Our next uh, show will be on live on August 27th at 7 p.m. with Joy Elaine, another woman who has just been fantastic to get to know. She was also here at our Star Gathering. And so it's always uh, wonderful to have all of these fantastic people on the air. So please join us again. I love you all very much. And until we Meet again. Namaste, namaste, namaste. Thanks, Dave, for being on the program. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Namaste. namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind, be gentle, be loving. Be true.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.